Hello, friend and fellow BIMI missionary. This is Leland Johnson. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the first episode of our podcast. Once you've listened, we would be so thankful to have you share your thoughts on what we can do to make it better. This first episode, which will start in just a moment, is our launch special and lasts longer than our future episodes. We hope that the information is both helpful and encouraging. It's our pleasure to serve the Lord alongside you. Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, it's a great day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to the launch of the Go Ye There podcast. I'm your host, Leland Johnson, and we are overjoyed to have you with us today. If you remember in our pilot episode, we talked about the main goal of our show, to help missionaries get to the field and stay there. On this, our kickoff episode, we want to start delivering on that promise. Whether it's your first day of deputation or you've been serving on the field for years, our goals should be the same, to love and serve our Savior in the field that he's called us to. But at some point, we all run into hardships. In today's episode, we're going to go on the offensive and talk about some ways to reinforce our goals of being missionaries for life. Let's head into the show open. In 1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul was talking about striving for the gospel's sake when he says, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. You know, even Paul was concerned that at some point, if he was not careful, that he could become a casualty. You know, it seems that even the greatest of missionaries was aware that he wasn't above being tripped up in the ministry and not finishing his course. You know, there's really no reason to run into the same traps that others have run into. Instead, we can learn from others and see God work on our behalf as we work on his behalf. Normally, our episodes will last about 30 minutes. However, In this episode, we're going to be featuring three interviews to help us with our goal of being missionaries for life. Our first interview is with Dr. David Snyder, president of Baptist International Missions Incorporated. We're going to be talking with him about some things that are pulling missionaries off of the field. We're going to follow that up with two more great interviews. The first will feature fellow missionary Jeff Brown, who has seen missionaries come and go over his 25 years on the field. And our final interview will be with another 25-year veteran, Mrs. Susan Fair, who's going to be talking with us about the uniquely feminine side of dealing with the mission's challenges of being a wife and mother on the foreign field. Let's get started. Our first guest today is Dr. David Snyder. Dr. Snyder is the General Director of Baptist International Missions in Harrison, Tennessee. 
BIMI assists local churches in supporting over a thousand missionaries worldwide. Dr. Snyder, it's great to have you with us today. Hey, thank you for the opportunity. Great to be with you. Dr. Snyder, you know, having served on the mission field yourself, you know how difficult it is to get there in the first place. Yet a lot of the information that we read says that missionaries are coming off of the field at a surprising rate. Is this just a case of alarmist reporting, or is there really something going on? Well, that, you know, as far as finding out statistics and actual numbers and things like that, I'm not really sure how we do that. We have tried to do some studies on some of this to see, you know, if we can come up with some type of a gauge or a way to know exactly what's happening. How accurate we are, I don't know. But just I can definitely answer that question in a general sense. First of all, I don't think it's something that we need to be or should be alarmed about. Bottom line, the Lord's in control, and the Lord is the one who calls laborers to the harvest field, and whether or not they respond to his call, that's really the big question. That's what that's what needs to be emphasized, because I believe the Lord is still calling, and he's going to continually call. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, will we be obedient and respond to that call? Now, I will say this as far as BIMI as of this date is about 57 years old, started in 1960. So a good number of our missionaries that we have now are getting up there in years and, you know, bodies fail and things happen, you know, et cetera. So we do have a good number of folks that are having to come back from the field and, um, you know, not be a, a quote, church planter on the field, uh, unquote. Having said that, uh, you know, that doesn't mean they're finished in ministry because they, like me, you know, retirement is, is synonymous with heaven. So, you know, we're going to keep serving till we're with the Lord. Now, as far as actual numbers of missionaries and coming off the field and those going back to the field, I don't think there's anything to be alarmed about. But I do think we all need to be concerned about, hey, are people really responding to God's call? And we need to do what the Lord told us to do and specifically, and that is pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers into his harvest field. And part of that praying is that people would indeed respond to that call. And then, Lord willing, we can see some of these numbers go up instead of just kind of holding steady. Dr. Snyder, of the missionaries that you do see coming off the field— whether it be with BIMI or any other missions agency, what would you say is the number one cause that is bringing missionaries back to the states? I don't know if this is if this is allowed or not, but you've asked me for one, but I'm going to give you two if that's okay. Because um, I'm not sure really which one would be the one main reason for missionaries coming back, but I'll just name two that I think are two of two of the top reasons. Um, one is, sadly, uh, personality conflicts, um, and that has to do with missionaries working as a team when they're working with a, another missionary family and they just don't see eye to eye on something. And sometimes it's about frivolous things, but sometimes it's about important things. And if those missionaries that are working together can't indeed work together, then obviously something's going to have to happen. And and sadly, the one thing that happens quite often is 
one of those missionary families just says, hey, I quit. I'm just going back to the United States. I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm not going to be on the mission field anymore. And they quit, which is super unfortunate. And, you know, there's obviously some better things to do than that. Um, you know, you can agree to disagree and just still work together or, you know, you can split up and go find a different place to work and just uh, continue in missions. But nonetheless, that's uh, that's one of the top ones. And then another one of the top ones has to do with adjusting to the field. Now, that's a broad category to just throw out there, but one of the parts of that is a missionary wife sometimes has an exceptionally hard time adjusting to all of the new surroundings. And one of the mistakes that, you know, missionaries, newer missionaries will will do sometimes that I've seen and heard of is that the man, he will go take lessons, learn the language, learn it well, go to school, do all that. But the wife is, you know, well, she's taking care of the kids and she doesn't really need the language. Well, that's not so. She needs the language just as much as the husband needs the language. And so sometimes that can cause a lot of difficulties. And then sometimes missionaries that move to the field and their children maybe are already teenagers or, you know, older teenagers, sometimes that can be extremely difficult with them making that adjustment. And so as a result, often uh, in situations like that, it results in them leaving the field, coming back to the States. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to be critical because family does need to come first. But there are probably some safeguards that might be able to be put in place that would keep that from happening maybe as often as it does. Okay, let's go back and talk about the first issue of intermissionary relationships. What are some things that I can do to safeguard those relationships from falling apart and ending up by having one person back in the States or things not working out? A couple of things come to mind. Number one is talk things through before you actually officially start working together. If you have some areas that you really feel super strong about, bring that to the table at the beginning before you make the commitment to work with that missionary and make sure everything is, is right on the table so everybody knows where everybody is as far as some of those positions and some of those thoughts. Another thing that I would say, it needs to be a very clear understanding as to who is going to be the, if you will, lead missionary in that particular ministry. You know, when I first went to the field, I worked with another uh, missionary family. I'm super glad for that time that I had. And when I first went, we sat down, we talked about things, and he said, well, you know, he said, if you want to, we can be you know, just like associate pastors, the two of us, you know, being the pastors of the church. And I said, you know, for me, I'm, I'm the young guy. I'm just getting here to the field. I would prefer for you to be the senior pastor. Uh, I said, I'll be assistant pastor. I'll be whatever other name you want to give me. That doesn't matter. But I want you to take the lead and, and et cetera. And, and I think that went a long way to avoiding problems because, you know, the old saying, anything with two heads is a monster. And if you have two heads and you really don't know who's in charge, that alone causes some problems. So, you know, one has to be willing to submit to the other when it comes to different things that it could go either way. It's not necessarily doctrinal. It might be a preference type thing. So, you know, I think that's important. 
And then, you know, one other thing that I, I like to mention to missionaries is that when you're going to go work with another missionary, set up a time that you'll say, okay, let's work together, and one year from this date, let's get back together for the sole purpose of discussing how's it going, and do, what improvements do we need to make? Do we want to continue with this team relationship, or do you think it'd be best if we, we split? Because then that gives you, if you will, an easy out without anybody's feelings hopefully getting hurt and without doing damage. And if things aren't going well, at least you know, okay, well, if I can just hold on for another six, eight months, if I can just hold on for three more months, we've got this meeting coming up where we're going to make this decision, you know, and then at that point I can easily hopefully transition into another ministry. So those are just some things that I share with missionaries along the way and that I have seen to be helpful, at least, in, in some of the situations where we see team ministries going on. Okay, now, on that second area that you mentioned, around adjusting to the field, not all missionaries that listen are new to the field. Let's say that I've been on the field for a while, and after hearing what you said, I'm realizing that I may be in the situation where we didn't put as much attention on the wife or the kids, and now we're really struggling. What advice can you give to me in that situation? Well, it's never too late to go and do what needs to be done. So if part of the problem is that the language never really was learned well, and that's part of the problem, okay, well, then let's back up and let's get some schooling. You know, Let's get the language down well and, and get that taken care of. Uh, if there are – sometimes you know, there are marital issues that are involved just – uh, I'm not talking about immorality, but I'm just talking about you know just not getting along and the relationship between husband and wife not being what it should be. And in situations like that, hey, it's okay to ask for help and maybe you know need to take a little time off the field to go back, you know, check in with your sending pastor and say, hey, pastor, we need to get a little help here. And or you know you find out about a couples retreat somewhere. Hey, let's take some time. Let's go to this couples retreat. Let's just get away. Let's. Let's strengthen the marriage relationship and uh, make sure it's what it it's what it needs to be uh, and get it solid. And then too, you know, if you're talking about uh, you know your young people, you know, sometimes that can be extremely difficult. But one of the things is that I have seen some parents who, as they talk with their young people or as they talk with others and their young people are listening to them, they're very negative about the particular place that God has called them to. And I, I see that doing two things. Number one, it gives the young people a really negative outlook uh, on the place that they're living. So they, they turn out to, to you know, really hate that particular place, and so they don't even want to be there. Well, then obviously that's going to cause a lot of trouble. But then also the, I think a secondary thing that does is it speaks bad to them of God. In other words, God called my mom and dad to a place that they hate. God's a terrible God for doing something like that. And obviously that's going to cause you know, just a lot of turmoil in the heart and mind of that young person. Um, and uh, sadly, I've seen, I've seen MKs, missionary kids, who they've just turned from God completely. And I'm, I'm not saying every situation is like that because of, you know, it goes back to when the parents have spoken badly about the field or the ministry or whatever. But I just have seen that shall we say, more than once I have that situation because of that. 
Dr. Snyder, thank you so much for the information. It was a blessing to me, and I know it will be to many other missionaries, to not be ignorant of the devil's devices and the pitfalls that we can run into. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Hey, well, thank you for the opportunity and really, really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. Dr. Jeff Brown is a 30-year veteran of the mission field. Along with his wife, Linda, and four kids, he's planted two churches in Germany, as well as founded the Theological Training Center of Nuremberg. The breadth of his experience over the past 30 years makes him a valuable resource on our subject today. Brother Brown, it's great to have you with us today. Uh, thank you, uh, Brother Johnson. Uh, I'm delighted to be with you. You know, Brother Brown, over your years on the field, I'm sure you've seen many missionaries come and go. What has been the common denominator between the missionaries that you've seen stay on the field? Well, uh, I'd have to give more than one common denominator. Let me start with saying those who have stayed had a strong sense of calling or a strong sense that this is exactly where God has always wanted me to be. And whatever things might come at them and uh, pull them another direction or, or recommend another direction, it don't seem to budge them. That's number one is this strong sense of calling, the strong sense that I'm fulfilling God's purpose here. This is exactly where God wants me to be. This is exactly what God wants me to do. But a second one is that that person has good principles that lend him a stability. Uh, we're talking about both moral principles and spiritual principles. And when these are uh, part of the warp and woof of um, his or her life, then when, the, when opposition or when troubles come at him or her, they will, they'll be able to stick it out. Uh, when temptations lure them, uh, they'll be able to overcome them. You know, brother, I'm sure over the years you've also seen missionaries who haven't stayed on the field. What are some of the traps? What are some of the things that can inadvertently pull a missionary off of the field? A common denominator in, in ones that go uh, is that they... They find something else more appealing, whether it's the home country, whether it's a different line of work. There is something there that says they'd like to do this instead. Uh, they want to fulfill their role, uh, even fulfill their role for the Lord as his preacher in a different way. Uh, but then there are two other things. There are people who, uh, frankly, just don't know how to get along with others. We all have our difficulties in interactions with other people. But for some people, they just can't seem to swing it, that they, they have to themselves make changes, sometimes significant changes in their life, so that they can get along with others. And if they can't do that, if they can't make those changes, then they are not going to stay on the field. And let me give a third. Morality um, is also, uh, from time to time, uh, a problem, a missionary uh, getting into immoral things, and that happens when people come, go to the mission field, they are headed into uh, Satan's territory. It's like 
uh, you're the enemy and you're assaulting uh, the beachhead. And, of course, um, Satan is well entrenched there, and uh, he will find ways to try to destroy the work, and, and one is through immorality. Brother, would you be willing to share a personal instance of a time when you thought about giving up? There have been various times that that has happened to me, um, and it probably has happened to every single one of us on the field. And in those various times, typically uh, something really seemed to go wrong uh, in the ministry, and probably it seemed to go wrong much more in my eyes than in anyone else's eyes. Things looked like a real failure, and you think that uh, you're not uh, doing what uh, God is wanting you to do, and uh, you have had so much opposition uh, that you feel like, well, uh, it's time to throw in the towel. You're not alone in this thing, and others, including uh, great saints uh, of the faith, have gone through exactly the same thing and let God get you back on track. You know, brother, one of the hardest times for missionaries, as you were just referencing, has to be when the ministry is not working out like you planned. How do you stick with it when things are not going right in the ministry? First of all, it's good to begin your work as an optimist and stay an optimist. Realize that God has great things to do, and you aren't the one who is doing them. He's the one who's doing them, and, and, and he's simply doing it through you. you. You just need to make sure your relationship with the Lord is a good relationship. When you uh, get to thinking, okay, I know how to do these things, and you might get slack on some of your relationship to the Lord, then you're in a real danger. So it's very, very crucial that you are a person who's in tune with the Lord in, in your devotions, in your witness, and in your consistent Christian life, then when those hard times come, you'll be much more stable. When the bad times come, we all need, we all need help. It's good to be willing to admit that, to say, God, I need help, and to uh, cry out to him. And at the same time, it's good to have someone that you can talk to, whether it's your spouse or whether it's a friend missionary or, or someone, some Christian that you know, that you can bear your heart to and you can talk with them about what you are going through. We need to be humble and realize that uh, we need God's grace, including the grace of other Christians who can encourage us and give us advice and sometimes correction. Brother, one last question, and we'll finish up. For a new missionary that's maybe just starting on deputation or just heading off to the field, what advice could you give them? I would say your number one priority is your relationship to the Lord. Make sure it's good. Because coming into enemy territory, you will be tested, and it won't be tested in a small way. It'll be being tested in ever greater ways. And you will think, well, I thought I was over that. So make sure that your relationship to your Lord is, is excellent. 
make sure your relationship to your spouse uh, is excellent and that you learn to love that spouse in a better and better way as time goes on so that you really look forward to the times that you spend with your opposite. Then I would say be willing to work. Roll up your sleeves and, and just go to work. The great miracle of the Christian life is the truth of the gospel and what Christ will do in people's lives. I think we're looking for God to do special things because we're a missionary. You need to you need to be willing to to work and to tough it out. Uh, you cannot pray too much. You need to pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. And a lot of times you think, well, where's the answer? Just keep praying. God answers prayer. Uh, it's incredible what God will do in answer to prayer, in, in answer to prayer and fasting, in answer to, to, to uh, group prayer. So pray and pray and pray and pray. And then last of all, have a love for sharing the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the reason why we are on the field. Uh, we are simply following his command and imitating his example. He had such great love for us when we weren't loving him. And if we understand that, uh, God will use us. Have love, have an open heart. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for sharing that information. Thank you so much for your service for the Lord over the past 30 years on the mission field. Thank you for being with us. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure. Our final guest today is Susan Fair. She and her husband, Wayne, are missionaries in Papua New Guinea. They've been serving there for over 24 years and have raised five children on the field. They've continued serving through a host of different challenges over the years, and her experience as a wife, mother, school teacher, nurse, counselor, and many other roles will certainly be a help to us today. Mrs. Fair, we want you to know how great it is to have you with us. Hello, it's good to be with you today. Missionary wives have special challenges, not only of ministry, but also of raising a family. That added pressure means that many times the wife is the first one to be ready to leave. Aside from God's grace, what has been the key to you staying on the field? That first question is a big one because if I had not found something for myself to do other than teaching my kids homeschool, um, I don't think I could have stayed because this isn't the kind of country where you can just sit down and do nothing. So I was praying after our children were <clears throat> grown and on their own, what I could do, and the Lord gave to me a ministry of opening an aid post and taking care of people medically. And I have loved doing that. I've done it all these years. And I love helping people. And that is really the key to being able to stay here, is staying busy for the Lord. And so that is one thing that really helped me. Sometimes husbands can be inattentive to their wives' needs. 
if you multiply this by being in a foreign country very far from home and friends and family, how does a wife stick by her husband through the tough times? I believe a woman that comes to a mission field with her husband is going to have to be prepared in such a way that her relationship with her husband is going to have to be strong in their love towards one another and understand what they're going to be facing. Sometimes, sometimes they can't even imagine what they're going to be facing, but as long as that relationship has been worked on and the Lord has prepared that couple before they ever go to the mission, the mission field is just a, a place of proving ground. And there were times that we went through very, very hard situations, uh, difficult times that came were handled by two people that loved each other in a way that we could talk about things and discuss the way we're going to try to make a, a way for our, our family to do things that if we didn't have the money, we just have to learn how to pray and wait. If we ran into situations where things were just falling apart in the house and my husband wasn't around to fix things, uh, I just had to be patient and wait. And a lot of times that patience comes through a multitude, a multitude of tryings. And I think um, a woman that really loves her husband is going to pray for him. And whenever we get to situations that are difficult, we work through them together. It isn't um, been something that I had to try and handle on my own. If it had been, I probably never would have made it. My husband was part of my strength with the Lord's help. We ran into things that I wasn't even prepared for, but there was this way of working things out that the Lord just gives you as a husband and wife. Uh, working through love. That love comes from the Father. And I know anybody that reads their Bible and keeps devotions going between them and their family has a better advantage for somebody that doesn't read their Bible every day. And that was something that we learned early in our Christian lives, that that was the most important part of living for the Lord, and that was being prepared to give every man an answer for the hope that lies within you. And we were coming to a country where there was hardly anybody that understood that, and it was going to be up to us to teach them, and that really helped us. Could you share one story with us about a time when you were ready to give up and how God pulled you through? Uh, there was a time when I really wanted to give up, and that was when we had to walk out of our mission station and try to get to a town that was five and a half hours walk, and then getting on a PMV and driving three more hours to town. And on that walk, it turned into 12 hours for Wayne and I because we had a landslide from all the rain that was going on. We had to walk out because of the flood, and it's continued to rain, and the flood made us have to hack our own way through the bush and it caused us to get lost and we had to just try to do our best to go and I was losing hope and I started crying out to the Lord to please help us and it was hours in that woods and it was so scary I just I couldn't really focus on uh, anything but just waiting for the right path to get out and we finally made it out in 12 hours but our kids thought something horrible would happen to us and that was the only time 
I really let fear grip a hold of my heart. And But God was with us the whole way, and he helped us to get to our destination. And I've written a journal about that uh, and mentioning that, and it just seems like every time I read it, that that reality just creeps back in again and, and how things could have happened but didn't, but the Lord kept his hand on us and thank him for it. I would think that one of the hardest times for a missionary wife is when you have to send your children back to the U.S. How did you deal with that? Um, to be honest, I didn't handle it very well because going through the empty nest syndrome for me was a very traumatic thing for me. I just had a horrible time getting over that, and I was constantly asking the Lord to please help me not to feel such an emptiness, such a, a time where I wasn't able to really focus on much of anything else. And I just prayed the Lord would help me find something to do to stay busy. And he certainly handled that for me. He just started to really make me busy in such a way that I never even thought of. And I was having more meetings with women in the churches that we started and giving them schooling and direction in some of the things that I was teaching them on. And it just went from one thing to another where the Lord just really helped me. And I was so thankful that he helped me come out of that. But I still really have a, a loneliness for our children. That won't ever go away. And I think it's just a matter of um, just staying busy. Okay, just one more question. Let's think about a brand new missionary wife who's just starting deputation, maybe with one baby already and another on the way. What advice could you give to her on how to be able to just keep going? There's some good advice that we took whenever we had our children on the road. Sometimes we were in that same situation where I would have to have some time uh, off whenever we were on the road for several weeks at a time. It got, it got to the point where I had to take time off the road in order to um, do motherly things. I needed to feel like I was a housewife and taking care of my children properly. And so just having a chance to go where I knew I could stay, where I could settle myself and and take care of those needs that were deep within my mother's heart. Um, if I had maybe two or three days off or even just one day helped. And that's something that a young mother really needs is some time where she doesn't have to feel like she's constantly in front of people trying to get other people to take them on for support. I, I really believe it's important that a man and a wife take care of their children well while they're on the, the deputation trail. And uh, not only does the wife need some special attention, those children do too. And as long as you work through the, um, the situations you have, whether it's long distances or short, uh, those children learn to adjust just as much as we as parents do. And showing them the love and the appreciation for them to be able to hang in there and do what they're doing for the Lord. It isn't for us, it's for the Lord. Uh, as long as they can be 
given some extra special time sometimes out where we show them that attention and, and let them have that special time where they would like to celebrate their birthdays or whatever it was that would come up we would do that we wouldn't just ignore it and say well you're just going to have to wait till some other time because we're not at home it's important things stay important to children and when you do keep those important matters up front they really appreciate that and they know that you really do love and care for them and so problems don't get started some parents just make excuses and kids see that they see that that isn't really caring those long trips are going to be hammering you and are going to wear wear you out and make you tired and wish you were back home and it's hard to keep a smile and it's hard to keep your attitude right before a whole slew of churches but god is our help he is the one that can supply those kind of things for us as long as we stay close to him and stand before him and he works all those things out mrs fair thank you so much for taking the time to share this information with us god is going to use it in a great way to help missionaries all over the world continue to serve god thank you for having me You know, I don't want to editorialize, but let me just mention two things that I find amazing. None of our guests had any idea that the other interviews were being completed. Yet in the interview with Dr. Snyder, he mentioned that interpersonal relationships were one of the main issues pulling people off of the field. In the second interview, Brother Brown then said, in response to the question, what are some characteristics of people who don't stay? He said that there are many people who just can't get along with others. This is amazing to me. You know, maybe the reason that we're missionaries is because we want to go to a different country and be by ourselves. But the thought that we have so much trouble getting along with each other is just stunning. You know, the Bible says that they'll know that we're Christians by our love one for another. And I wonder how this affects the nationals' view of us. But then again, the first missionary team, Paul and Barnabas, had relationship problems. And it looks like we haven't progressed very far in almost the 2,000 years of Christianity since. The other thing was that all three interviews mentioned relationships with our spouses. You know, it's not interesting that they mentioned it. That's not a surprise at all. I mean, we all know it. It's mentioned all the time. Yet it's still one of the most common reasons that things don't work out for missionaries. You know, I'm a football fan, and it's always interesting when it's third down and short. The offense knows they're going to run the football, the defense knows they're going to run the football, and all of the fans know that they're going to run the football. And what do they do? They run the football. And a lot of times the defense still can't stop it. You know, our marriages are the same way. The devil knows where he's going to attack. We know where he's going to attack. Everyone knows where he's going to attack. And then when he attacks, we still fail to stop him. You know, being a missionary doesn't protect us from marital problems. In fact, it likely makes them worse. God help us to seek him and work to strengthen our marriages. Well, How about that for a start to our podcast? We're praying that God will use this show over the weeks and months to come to be a blessing to you, the listener. 
As we finish up today, let me just do a little bit of housekeeping. First off, we need you to subscribe to our show using iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcasting app. By subscribing, your device will automatically notify you when new episodes become available. If you're listening from the computer through our website, please make sure to go on the website and sign up to receive a notification by email every time a new podcast is uploaded. Aside from this, our first episode being released on November 1st, our normal release date will be every Monday morning. For a schedule of upcoming episodes, please visit our website at www.goyethere.com. The second thing is, we want you to get involved in the show. If you have questions, potential show topics, or just want to get in contact with us, you can do this in four ways. First of all, you can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter at Go Ye There. You can also email the show at contact at GoYeThere.com. Last thing. We're trying to get the word out about this podcast to as many people as possible. If you're a part of a missionary group online, put a post or a tweet there to tell other people about the podcast. If you have a group of missionaries that you fellowship with, send them an email or a text to let them know about this new show that you're now listening to. Remember, someone can subscribe and listen through iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or their favorite podcasting app from their phone. But if they don't know how to do that or don't have access to a smartphone, they can listen directly from our website at www.goyethere.com. In our next episode, we're planning to continue delivering on our promise to help missionaries get to the field and stay there. In this episode, we focused on the staying there. In the next episode, we're going to focus on the getting to the field. Whether you're on deputation or on furlough, contacting new churches is a big part of what we do as missionaries. In our next show, we're going to be talking with the missions director at Temple Baptist Church in Herndon, Virginia, about what it's like to sit down and review missions packets and choosing missionaries to come to visit. We're also going to be talking with the owners of Commission Creative, a missions graphic design agency, about tips on how to get our material noticed. We hope that you'll join us.